Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is What's Stopping You? by guest speaker Kerry Price. How would you like to get some really good news today? We are reading this verse in um, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which you know, I'm sure you know it. So read it with me and... Just think about what good news this is. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. It's so reassuring for us to know that God has not just created us and put us on this earth to fend for ourselves, but he actually has good plans for you. And you may not even realise that yet. If you've had a bit of a rough start in life or you've run into some major roadblocks along the way, you might feel like it's a pretty hostile world. But the fact is, the truth is, that God has good plans for you. Um, Here we see straight away that things are looking up. Now in Ephesians 2 and verse 10... We read, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So these good works, uh, it's something God has planned for your life and it was thought about and planned way before you were ever born. So God has it all in hand. And when you feel like life is a bit out of control and things are happening that you didn't expect and maybe don't like, just remember, God has it all in hand. He is prepared, even if we're not. And so um, the good works, of course, that we're talking about here are not anything to do with our salvation because the two verses just before that say that um, we, it is by grace you've been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. Not even our faith is from ourselves. It's a gift of God. And it's not of works so that no one can boast. No one can say, well, I'm doing bigger and better works than you are. It's nothing like that. It's all a gift from God. And these good works that God prepared in advance for us to do are really to um, bring us fulfilment and joy, really to help us to enjoy our Christian lives. And um, they are, I'm, I'm sorry, they are also meant to bless other people and benefit the kingdom of God. So our love for God is exactly the right basis for living and benefiting other people and benefiting the kingdom of God. And it will please God. We can live a life that's pleasing to God. But too often we're sidetracked. We get sidetracked by all kinds of things. And our true purpose doesn't come to fulfilment because We're too busy, maybe with earthly cares, maybe with job problems and health problems and all those things. So I think it's good for us 
to look at the things and consider the things that might be holding us back from fulfilling God's plan for us. Because, in my opinion anyway, the only way to truly enjoy your Christian life and find real fulfilment is to discover God's plan for your life and then live it. And so we need to consider the things that are holding us back or inhibiting us from enjoying living in God's plan. And so we're just um, going to have a look at some of those obstacles because the devil doesn't want you to enjoy your Christian life or to succeed in life and he'll just throw every obstacle that he can in your way. Maybe even causing people to give up. Some people even become dropouts to the Christian faith because of the obstacles that the enemy puts in our way. The kingdom of darkness is at war with the kingdom of God and he will just use every means he can to stop the church from being effective and having the right influence in the world and being successful in its mandate, which is actually to populate heaven. But everything the enemy can do to stop us, he will try it. And so we need to know exactly who we are in Christ. We need to stand strong in that. We need to recognise the things that block us or hold us back and know how to deal with those things so that we can really achieve the things that God wants us to because that's when we will feel and experience the fulfilment of what God wants us to have in life. And that not that what everyone's looking for? A purpose in life. And so God is the one who gives us that ultimate designed purpose in our lives. And Pastor Liz was saying some of that same thing. Um, so we're going to just look at some of those obstacles and there are long lists uh, of things so we won't be mentioning all of them. But the first one is fear. All kinds of fear, lots of fears. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of doing or saying the wrong thing, fear of being misunderstood. Don't we have some of these things that kind of hold us back? And there are lots of other fears too that people have that stop them from entering fully into the plan that God has for your life. And we have to know that we have the power as children of God, as citizens of heaven, to step beyond that, to step out of those fears. And yes, it does take faith. And yes, it does take courage to take steps out into the unknown in God, but it's exciting and it's fulfilling and it's satisfying. Then there might be other things. There might be temptations, addictions, sinful behaviours even, that you have trouble breaking through those things. But we can speak them off our life in the name of Jesus. We can take authority over those things and put them down and lift up the Lord in our lives and he will enable us to overcome those things. There can be false guilt, 
regrets, lack of trust, feelings of inadequacy, shyness. How many suffer from shyness? Don't put your hand up. <laughs> feelings of inferiority, lack of confidence. What else have we got? Burden of family problems, work problems, health problems. It just goes on and on, doesn't it? On and on and on. And if we let those things hold us back from actually stepping out into the will of God, then we will be disappointed with life and we will feel unfulfilled. So I want to ask you today, have you ever said to the Lord, Lord, I will do whatever you ask me to do? And have you followed through on that? Or was there ever a time when you stopped listening to God in case he asked you to do something you didn't really want to do or that you didn't think you could do? It's, it's really worthwhile thinking through those things. Or you may be a newer Christian and you really want to do something to serve the Lord and to live out God's plan for your life, but you don't know what to do or how to get started. And that's an easy one to help you with because all you really need to do is to start helping people, start serving in some way, whether it's in the church or school or uh, in your family even. Start helping people, loving people, showing the love of God. And as you do that, the Holy Spirit's going to open up the way before you and he will um, show you what, his, what God's plan is. Now, lots of people want to know God's plan for their lives, but they, don't, they kind of expect it to come in one big revelation and it doesn't normally happen that way. So God may give you a glimpse of what he has planned down the track for you, but then it's not all going to happen quickly or suddenly, usually, Usually it's a glimpse down the road there somewhere and then you may feel, well, it's not happening. Why isn't it happening? But as you are faithful, as you serve, as you get involved in um, living the Christian life amongst your family and your world and, and in the church, God's going to unfold that bit by bit. He's going to step by step make his plan known until you realise one day, wow, I really am in the place where God wants me. I really am doing what God wants me to do. And it's a very exciting place to be. I, I've been privileged to be serving the Lord all my adult life and um, in pastoral work with my husband initially and... Um, over the years in various ministries and, and it's just been such a joy. But I tell you what, when I came to The Rock and, and took over a role in pastoral care and training there in 2005, I and the years following was the most fulfilling time of my life. I just knew I was in the right place. And when you are functioning in the right place, there's no strain and stress. You just know that you're in the right place and it's so fulfilling and so exciting. 
And so I would encourage you to really press through into what God has for you in the future. The truth is that every true Christian knows that they are meant to be living in God's plan. You know in your heart that you are meant to be serving the Lord in some way. It's just that because we don't have that understanding of what steps to take and how to move forward, that often we just sit in church. And that's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to be able to be fulfilled and to enter into his full plan for your life. So we, if you've identified some of the obstacles that are getting in your way, then you're in very good company <laughs> because there are so many people in the Bible and in our present day who are struggling with the same kinds of things that you struggle with. So we're just going to take a look at a few of those people today and I hope that will help you understand how to move forward. And the first one we're going to look at is Gideon. And we find Gideon's story in Judges chapter 6 and 7. I hope you will go to Judges 6 and 7 when you get home at least and um, really read that whole story because it's, it's a really good story. But today, for sake of time, we're just going to give a, a very brief summary so God had handed over the Israelites to the, Mid the Midianites because the Israelites, once again, had been sinning. They'd been worshipping idols, worshipping Baal, and um, they were involved in all kinds of sin. And so God let the Midianites take over and the Midianites were tormenting them. They were camping on their ground, they were uh, destroying their crops and everything they had, they were very destructive. They would wait until the crops were ready to harvest and then they would swoop down like a plague of locusts and strip the lot. And so the Israelites had no food. And today, in, in our story, Gideon was down in a wine press threshing wheat so that the Midianites wouldn't come and steal it. And as he's there threshing the wheat, hiding out, watching, keeping an eye out for the Midianites, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, said Gideon. <laughs> but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. How would we feel if God gave us a big challenge like that? Oh, such a shock. Gideon was feeling very inadequate and inferior not to mention his fear that God was asking the impossible and how could it ever happen? God's plan is bigger than you are. And it may seem totally out of reach. The things that God has given you a glimpse of up in the future, you might think, oh, how can that ever happen? 
But we believe it because we believe God. And if we believe God, then we will take the steps necessary. So, um, but the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. How often do we say that? Oh, Lord, is that really you? (laughs) And he will do that. So Gideon asks for a sign. And here we see him. He'd asked the Lord to make a fleece wet, but all the ground around it was to be dry. And he asked that when he woke up in the morning, that the fleece will be wet and the ground will be dry. And so you see him wringing out the fleece that was soaking wet. But he wasn't quite satisfied with that. This was a big challenge God was asking him to do. And so then he asked for, well, next morning when I wake up, let the fleece be dry and all the ground be wet. And yes, God did that for him too. But before, he, before God gave him the sign, God gave him a test. He'll often do that to us because he wants to know how serious you are. He wants to know if you really mean it. And so he will test your heart to see if you're really serious about this and you're going to follow through. And the test the Lord gave Gideon was that he was to go and break down the altar of Baal that his father had set up and also the Asherah pole, which was another idolatrous thing they worshipped. And Gideon was, yes, he wanted to do what God wanted, but, oh, he was so scared of his father and the other townspeople, what their reaction would be. And so he did what God asked, but he did it at night when everyone was asleep. <laughs> but... Nevertheless, the next morning, they, they got up and were very angry at what he had done. But he was able then to speak up for the Lord and tell them what the angel of the Lord had said, that, that God was going to deliver them from the Midianites. So Gideon, was he went through all that fear and inferiority, being the weakest in Manasseh and the least in his family, all the feelings of inadequacy. We talked about that on Wednesday night at Life Group. And, you know, the thing is, I, I shared that I've suffered from those feelings of inadequacy for many years, probably up until I, at least in my 40s and, and still sometimes, of course, we all face that. We feel inadequate. We feel that we are not equal to the task. And that's good because then our dependency is on God and not on ourselves. So Gideon experienced that. Then there was Peter. Now, you remember, Peter had been up on the mountain with James and John when Jesus was transfigured before them and became this amazing, the, the light that shone from Jesus. He was took on that glorious form before them on the mountain. So Peter knew that Jesus was the Christ. 
And not only that, but prior to that, God had revealed it to him when Jesus was talking to his disciples. And um, you remember that Jesus said to them, well, who do people say that I am? And they answered John the Baptist and various other people. And Jesus turned to Peter and he said, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, well, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. God, my father, has revealed it to you. So Peter was, he knew, he'd had those encounters. He knew full well that Jesus Christ truly was the son of God and the the power that he had. And yet there came that fateful night in Matthew 26. Let's have a look at Matthew 26. And it's very sad, very, very sad what happened there. Verse 31, then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away. He was talking to his disciples. You will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. And yet, that's exactly what he did. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Sorry to say. We may have the best of intentions, but we're just people. And we fail and we falter along the way. And Peter certainly did. From verse 69, now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses. This is the man who said, I will never deny you. I will never disown you, even if I have to die with you. And now he's calling down curses. And he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. How could Peter make a comeback from something like that? The, the guilt and the shame and the, um, 
you know, how he must have felt, just the remorse in his heart. And yet, on, in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, it was Peter who stood up and preached to the crowd and about 3,000 people were saved. He was able to do that because Jesus forgave him. Have you ever fallen away or backslidden to the point where you think, well, God can never really use me mightily because of what I've done? Well, you're in good company. And Jesus forgave Peter and he's forgiven you. And it's time to rise up again and move forward. Then there was Saul. Not the Saul that Steve was talking about this morning, but the Saul of the New Testament who became the great Apostle Paul. And we see here Paul, or Saul as he was, standing there agreeing to the stoning of Stephen. And we know that uh, Saul had been persecuting Christians. We read it in Acts 26, how Paul testified before Agrippa, and this was after he had become a Christian, but um, it was before that that he had done these things. Um, Acts chapter 26, and starting from verse 2, King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defence against all the accusations of the Jews and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jews all know the way I have lived. Ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem, they have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that according to the strictest sect of our religion I lived, as a Pharisee. And now it's because of my hope in what God has promised our fathers that I am on trial today. So he had been travelling the, the country, persecuting Christians, dragging them off to prison where later they were killed. And in this case, he was there on the spot when Stephen was being stoned to death. How would Paul have felt later when he had become a Christian? He had seen the Lord on the road to Damascus. How would he have felt going back into those same cities and towns and preaching to people about how to live the Christian life when some of them had lost family members because of him? What if you were the person standing in the crowd who'd lost a son or a daughter or a cousin or a brother to this man's persecution and he'd dragged off one of your family members to prison and now here he is as a Christian trying to tell you how to live. It would be hard but Jesus forgave him and he has forgiven us. And so we can go forward confidently in God. 
then he had, you know, he would have struggled with that. I'm sure he struggled with a lot of emotions because of the things he had done. And some of us do too. We struggle because we've done things in the past or things have happened to us that other people did to us that really cause us to think that God couldn't really use me, but he can. And then um, the, the other example I want to give you is of Nick V. Sonia was talking about on the youth night. Um, can't pronounce his name, so we call, we'll call him Nick. But Nick is a modern miracle. This is a man who as a child had no hope. He had uh, no arms or legs. He had no faith in Christ at that stage. At the age of eight, he had depression. At the age of 10, he tried to commit suicide. And he was angry at God because of how he was made with no arms or legs. And if that was you, I'm sure you'd be thinking, how could God ever use me? Well, he wasn't a Christian at that stage. But when he became a Christian, God made a miracle. Excuse my emotion. Nick has been a legend in his time. He's got a degree in commerce. He's done a lot in real estate. He's written several books. He's travelled the world speaking to thousands and thousands of people in schools and colleges and churches and led many thousands of people to the Lord. And this is a man with no arms and legs. How could God do that? So if you think you're hopeless or you have no hope for some reason, God can use you mightily if you're only willing. And then, of course, uh, there were women. I mean, think of Mother Teresa ministering to the sick and dying on the streets of India. Heidi Baker in Mozambique ministering to destitute families. It mightn't be something big and glamorous that God wants you to do, but if you're obedient, if you're willing, he can use you mightily for good and for the kingdom of God. God's vision is always bigger than ours and I believe he wants you today to lift your vision higher, to realise that he is a great big God who has very good plans for you. Lift your vision higher today and see what God will do with someone who really is surrendered to him. The world is on a collision course with destiny and people are becoming increasingly anxious. We see it all the time. While much of the church lies idly by, come to church, sometimes we even think it's an effort to come to church. But God has so much more that he wants to do. You are a child of God, a citizen of heaven. You have authority to stand up and speak up for the Lord in this world. Let the Holy Spirit work through you to accomplish God's purposes. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stand in your way as long as you're trusting God and as long as you're not trusting in your own abilities or wisdom. But 
depending on God, trusting in him for everything. We need to be ready for every opportunity. Our greatest enemy is ourselves often. We beat ourselves up and we put ourselves down and then we wonder why we're not accomplishing anything. We need to ask the questions. What does God want you to do? What is the first step? What tools do you need? What are you already involved in? Is it the right thing? Are there some things you need to change? Do you need a mentor? Talk to one of the pastors or or leaders and maybe they can point you in the right direction and give you some advice. God wants to position each one of us so that we're in the right place doing exactly what is planned for our lives and you will find fulfilment. You probably know there's more inside of you than what you're currently expressing through your life. There's something more that God wants to bring out of your life. Some of you have a special calling on your life and at the right time, God will appoint you to that task. But our responsibility is to stay in the presence of God, in close relationship with him, to keep our hearts open, to keep our listening ears on to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. What is the next step? What do I need to do next? And God will bring you through into a whole new realm of possibility in your life. Activate your faith. Don't let life just happen to you. Stir up the gift that is in you and see what God will do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have good plans for our life. We thank you, Lord, that you have placed your spirit within us and that we can rise up strong knowing that you've forgiven us our sin, you've cleansed us and made us whole. And, Lord, we just claim that. And we... We want to step forward into your perfect plan for our lives. And I pray that you will show each one of us the first step or the 17th step, wherever we're up to, Lord, but show us how to move forward and not just to stay stagnant where we are. We thank you for this in Jesus' lovely name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.